Oh, we got a live one for you guys today. Hey, welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigar, CigarSoapbox.com. And as always, coming to you live from the Huddle Up Store studios, we are here with multiple guests today, not just one, not just two, not just one gender, but we actually have two genders on the podcast today. We have male and female because we only believe there's only two genders. With that said, if you're already triggered, stay tuned. We got more for you. Trust me. Thank you guys again for tuning in. My name is Bradley, again with my host, JB. JB, so what's going on there, baby? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? That's JB's. You uh, asked me as I had a mouthful of pop, so okay. I just said that pop. with it coming out of my pop. mouth. So you you alluded to one of our guests because you used the term from the Midwest, pop. Yeah. Pop. Okay. Out here, it's soda or it's cork or it's Pepsi, depending on where you're at from the uh, the Midwest and you move out here. But we have somebody in here, and it's a very important person to you. Who's here today? This is my, uh, my cousin Alex. Cousin Alex, say hi. Hey, everybody. All right. Cousin Alex, I literally am going to tell you this right now. If you go to Best Cigar Reviews on... On YouTube, Best Cigar Reviews, you're going to see the short that I'm going to post here in a little bit. Alex looks exactly like Clark Kent. Okay? Alex looks exactly like Clark Kent. And you got the Superman body, bro. You, you look looking good. I'm just telling you, man. You look, you're looking good. Yeah, I'll take that compliment. Thank I appreciate you. it. I appreciate I really it. I, I appreciate it. So Alex in from uh, Springfield, right? Correct. Springfield, yeah. Ohio. So yeah. in, in Arizona. Has been here for a little bit? Yeah, a few days. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you don't compare it to our next guest because she's been here forever, okay? She's been here. She's born and raised here. She's the only person in this building who's a true Phoenician, and this is, of course, the lovely Quinta. Quinta, say hello to everybody. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Quinta. She's like a daughter to me, and no matter what happens, I protect her from every guy that comes around, and I smack them in the face. So if you want to date Quinta, you got to come through me uh, because I, I take on that big brother thing. I just come on like, who are you looking at, boy? Who are you looking at? That kind of thing. So <laughs> anyway, so Quinta's a little bit under the weather, but like... Like a true champ, she's she's smoking a cigar. And tell tell us what you're smoking today, Quinta. I am smoking the Asylum Ogre. This is my my favorite. The the so the Asylum. Why is that your favorite cigar? It's got it's got it's the barber pole. I mean, it's got the Candela and the Maduro, right? Yes. Um, I think why I like it is because there's no I don't get a hay. Oh, okay. Type of taste. I cannot stand Candelas. I, that hay thing. I, I oh. can't get with that in this. And our Irish Hulk is the only barber poles so far that I've tried that mm-hmm. don't have the hay thing. Okay, me, so so no hay. You're not you're not I'm a hay not, person. Mm-mm. No, 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 mm-mm. no, no, no. So no hay for uh, Andrew. What are you smoking? It's Alex, but uh, it's. Alex, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm an idiot. So I'm sorry. smooth I'll with it too. I know he was. It, it's Alex. It's Alex. You idiot. It's Alex. Sorry. Alex, what are you smoking? Oh, Timberwolf. A Timberwolf. Yeah. Timberwolf. Do you like yeah. that? Yeah, I smoked it about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm fairly new to cigars. Okay. But I really okay. enjoyed it back then. I remember that. So right on. I wanted to pick it back up. And that cigar, along with a cigar that's, that uh, Quintus Smoke can be found at zealcigars.com, just go there. And we got some big announcements coming with Zeal Cigars that we've been working on a three-week project where we plan on bringing all the boxes in the entire world of cigars to you. So wait wait till <laughs> that drops. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to keep us incredibly busy like we are. So less podcasts, but more sales. So uh, with that said, JB, what do we got on tap today? What are some things we're talking about? We talked about prior to that, but you guys went somewhere this weekend. Before we get into what's on tap, you went somewhere this weekend with both Alex and Quinta, where'd you guys go? Yeah, so uh, the weather was a little bit nice Saturday, which is like the only day we've had pretty nice for pretty much a couple weeks, really. <clears throat> and uh, so we took the opportunity to, uh, we spent the day at the Renaissance Festival, but before we went to the Renaissance Festival, we went, uh, we hiked up in the Superstition Mountains for about an hour. Oh, okay. Because they're, they're literally like 20 minutes from each other. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's only 20 minutes because you have to drive on a dirt road for a while to get to the trailhead. Okay. So um, it was a little sketch. But uh, yeah, we hiked in for about about thirty minutes. Um, I, I wore my full pack out just to yeah. see how it did. My yeah. knees were not happy when I got home. Right, I went, right. I went too hard coming out. Yeah. I was like jumping on rocks and okay. stuff, forgetting that I had a forty pound pack on my back. Yeah, and my knees were like, "Yo, bro, what's this extra weight?" Literally, JB came to me, came came with me to church on Sunday. First time in church in a long time, eh? Uh, yeah. man, yeah. I don't even know if I really thought about it. It's uh, probably eight years plus. Eight years plus. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was good. Yeah. I could smell was, the medicine on you, by the way. Oh, the... Sitting next he, to me. Yeah, by yeah, that, yeah. he means the absorbing junior, that yeah. kind of medicine. Yeah, Let's yeah. Just be I could, specific. I could smell the... I could smell the... So he sitting next to me. I was like, what does that smell? It smells like Bengay. It's wormwood. You know, yeah, wormwood. And I definitely smelled it. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? That's a... That's kind of crazy. I didn't know you packed out or anything. Yeah, and then, these you know, old knees, bro. It was kind of cool. It was kinda, and, and Alex, you went too. Did you have a good time at church? Oh yeah, big yeah, shout I out to City and yeah. Pastor Jared, who will be on here again. I can't wait for that. I mean, I haven't pitched to him yet, but hopefully he hears this podcast later on. And he knows what we're we'll talking about. 
aliens, demons, and monsters. Aliens, angels, and demons, and monsters, a pastor's perspective. I want to get him on here for that one. It's going to be kind of a cool thing. So hopefully, Jared, if you're listening to this, uh, you're pre-prepped before I call you. Um, and so, so we are here talking about several things today. Uh, just a lot of stuff in the news. We've been on, we've been on a podcast in probably about a week. Just been so busy here at the shop. Yeah. But uh, we definitely want to get some things on the table here. And a lot of stuff's happened in the last week. I mean, Kevin Durant's here mm-hmm. now at Phoenix. That's kind of what you, you're getting. The, uh, what, what are you thinking, Quincy? You getting? Is uh, that, is that, what do you think about Durant? You think he's a good addition? We think. Oh, KD is one of my favorite players. Mm. You like KD, huh? I do. Okay. Well. He's he's one of the lankiest, tallest guys I've ever seen. I'm just letting you know, dude. He's mm-hmm. I mean, I, the wingspan on him is like seven feet. It's ridiculous. It really is incredible. So you think we're going to go to the uh, finals with uh, KD? Think it's going to happen? I think so. Okay. It, it, it seems what everyone's betting on, to be honest with you. So KD is now a Phoenix Sun, which is really cool. If you don't know KD, is means Kevin Durant. So if you're a basketball fan, which uh, I kind of am at the end of everything, I never I never watch ever until the end of everything, um, very much like March Madness, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. So do you watch basketball, Alex? No, not much. Not I, at all? I would much rather play sports than watch them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's, he's a big fit guy, so he's not going to sit there and talk, <laughs> talk things like with sports. So uh, young men play sports old men dream about it when the days that we did back in the day so remember when i was 28 and looked young and strapping but now i'm old and fat so we'll move on but hey so so there's there's a couple things i wanted i wanted to hit on today Uh, and this is going around the internet right now and i want to know what you guys think particularly because all of you guys are younger younger than me i think around the table i'm 48 jb you're 32 you're 28 alex yeah and uh quinta is 24 26. 26. Why, you're perpetually 24 to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's been two years. It's been two years. Yeah, okay, so you're 26. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got, a, we've got a good amount of, like, age differentiation between us. When it comes to nuclear war and the World War Three that it seems like we're stepping into now with, like, Russia, I don't know if you've been keeping up on it. I want to tell you a statement that was said by Putin. Okay, if you don't know who Putin is, that's the leader of Russia. All right, and then I want you. I want. I want to give you a statement that was said by Zelensky, who is the leader of Ukraine. All right, so we know that Russia, quote unquote, invaded Ukraine. All right, so I want to know what your thoughts are on this kind of stuff. I want to know the conspiracy theories. I want to hear all this kind of stuff. I know JB's got like fifteen of them, um, but I'm I'm really curious on this because Putin said, you know, if the Ukraine invades Russia in any way, shape, and form, he will use nuclear weapons. That would be the first nuclear weapon used, and it's not just tested, but used actually, uh, since Hiroshima and Nagasaki, mm-hmm. okay, in like actual war. The largest weapon that we used next to that, I believe, was used by Trump when he killed the uh, somebody from Al Qaeda. Yeah, was, some leader. Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was like a it was, it was a huge bomb, but like it wasn't. The, yeah. Was it the bunker, the smart bomb, the bunker buster, so, something like that? But it was ginormous. I mean, um, we saw it on TV, and like, windows were blown out and everything. I, ironically, I think Russia actually has the largest non-nuclear bomb on the planet, if I remember correctly. I I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So not not only did Putin say some crazy things about if anyone comes to Russia's borders or comes to, invades Russia, he's going to nuke them. The other thing that happened is Zelensky said, you know, not only are we going to invade Russia, roughly is what he said, uh, he wants to make uh, Russia pay for what they did. So you have two, like, crazy people going at it over overseas, you know, and this can, and people are more and more worried because we're supporting Ukraine right now with our government funds and everything else to where, like, what it's what my money happen? and I need it now. I, I mean, it, 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 yeah, I mean, <laughs> JG Wentworth. JG Wentworth. Yeah, I know that. Um, so <laughs> here's here's my point. As a as a younger generation, first I'll start with Quinta. What do you think about nuclear war? I mean, you said we talked a little bit off air. What, what what are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and knows. it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's really not needed. Yeah. And. It just it also kind of gets under my skin because right now Jackson, Mississippi does not have clean water, but we're giving our funds to Ooh. the Ukraine. But Flint still doesn't have Flint, clean water. Exactly, yeah, Flint know? still doesn't have clean you water. Know, so there's other stuff that we need to do here in yep. our nation before we can really help another nation. So I, I just I it it just rubs mm. me the wrong way. Right then there was that uh, train wreck in Ohio. Yeah, in Palestine. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get into the Ohio River, the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. We're going to send, we're going to send billions of dollars over to the Ukraine to help them fight a war with Russia, but we can't take care of trains here. We can't drink a clean water. 
and Flint or anywhere else we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it's it's kind of ridiculous. So what's, we're what's the water situation with the? As you said, it was Missouri, Jackson, Jackson. Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi. I didn't know that. So what's yeah. going on there? Um, I guess their water pumps or their their water tower, something's not up to code, and nobody's fixing it. So now people they've they've shipped in millions of uh, bottled water, but it's like okay, this is Flint all over again. We need we we it's need an infrastructure to fix it. program exactly, yeah. and. I Mississippi as a state needs a whole lot of help, but mm-hmm. we really need we really need to fix that. I mean, you it, clean water that's a basic human necessity. Yeah. Oh this, yeah. This is oh, just yeah. the beginning of water problems. Yeah. I, I think I think the the filtration. Speaking of water, just in general, when I had my water filtration system put in, um, the, uh, the my my own water guy. Uh, I, I poured some tap water and, and he goes, he goes, I don't even give that to my dogs <laughs> in here, here where our water comes yeah, from the Colorado water is nasty. Yeah. He's here. like, I don't even give that to my dogs, you know, which is fascinating when you think about it, you know, that you won't give clean water to dogs. So that's, we're talking about these water crises in Mississippi and Flint and all this kind of stuff. Those are the ones that we know about. Uh, yeah. We, there's stuff that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. There's stuff like little bitty towns. I'm sure they have little crises and stuff like that. They don't get national media attention or anything like that. So it's it's a, it is infuriating and frustrating that we're sending money across these or other places, you know, that really don't have anything to do with it, do with us. But all of a sudden, we can't take care of our own here, you know, that are American citizens and and everything else like that. But when it comes to nuclear war, you know, all that nuclear war, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? What do you think about that when it comes down to it? That's that's just a terrifying thought. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you've got all these uh, leaders that are power hungry. Um, some of them don't. I can't think straight. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a scary thought. It really is. Right. Well, not not to mention, what do you say? Uh, Justin and I, when I came on Thursday, we were talking about something like this. I was holding on to it till he came over <laughs> to me, but yes. Okay, JB, I'm at you now. Well, no, finish with oh, him that's, first. That's, that's okay. Alex I'm kind of interested. We I ta- see. Well, I we, we talked about this. Like we were off there a second ago. Um, when you say power hungry people, I mean Putin is 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 ex KGB. Okay, so the only thing that that KGB guys probably respect is power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's true. That's why one of the things that that really put me at ease with Trump and the presidency. Not that I like the guy all that much, but that he is a power guy. I mean, he is a guy who's like, hey, listen, don't touch our people. Or I will come at you with the full force of my military, and he does it. He doesn't. He doesn't just say things like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a pea shooter at you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a BBs your way." He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna bomb you so hard." Did, did you ever see the podcast that the the it's it's like the Better Dad podcast something like that? I can't remember. What, there's a podcast that there were some young guys they had Trump on, and they said, "How come there were so many, so many small or so little death with you?" And he says, in, "In Trump, I don't, I don't know if it's accurate because you never know tr- with Trump what what's you know accurate." Uh, but he said, and he, and he made him, he made a statement. He said, "I called the Taliban. I called them personally, and I said, if you harm one of our soldiers or anyone dies, I will annihilate you. I will bring everything against you." And he's like, he's like, none of our soldiers died, not one, you know. And and, he, and the debacle began with the whole like. Afghanistan, you know, exit and everything else like that, leaving our military stuff and all that kind of stuff. And it was a great debacle. And so I'm not saying that Trump would have done any any better necessarily. I'm sure there's probably still a debacle with Taliban and trying to get stuff out and ISIS and everything like that. But I think there's a, a sense of like guys in power, respect guys in power. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and yeah. When, when Trump when Trump killed that that uh, ex that that former Taliban guy, it was like one of his first things he did when he came into office or one of the last, I can't remember, um, that was like a statement, like, listen, dude, I'm not screwing around. You know, I will bomb you if you hurt our people or if you come against American interest in the region, necessarily. So, uh, but it, all that to say, we're all waiting to hear what JB has to say on this thing. What were you going to say about, you, you and Quentin are having a conversation off air the other day. What What are you thinking? Um, it's It's kind of simple, really, when you think about it, right? Like, you said that these guys respect power, right? Yes. They recognize other power and they respect it. You know what the most powerful thing on this planet is that nobody in the world's ever going to defeat? What? Time. Sure. Sure. Time. Sure. Hear me out. Okay. 
all these leaders are big dick swinging, right? Right. They putting are. it on the table, putting it on the table. Right. You know what that thing does when you die? It shrivels up and goes to dust. Right. So all this power hungry stuff, what if it's like a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. When people go, dang, that was a real, like Wolf of Wall Street, one of the biggest schemes ever, right? Right. Made millions of dollars. Right. Living it up. What if he did something legal with that, mm-hmm. with the same mindset and made the money legally? Okay. He would have, he would be, you know, Rockefeller, whatever, right? Like, sure, you know, sure, he, sure. Who died with nothing, by the way, with AIDS. Right. Uh, just to say, um, another millionaire that died with nothing with AIDS. Yeah. So uh, let's let's continue, right? Alexander the Great could have been one of the greatest conquerors in the world. Right. He died. Right. Where's Alexander the Great now? Where's where's his where's his kingdom that he was conquering? Well, they all die. Everyone's That's going to die. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's going to die. So why are they spending all this time trying to measure whose dick's bigger instead of setting every, everything on the table and going, how do we make everything work right to where everybody's prosperous? Well, because at the end of it, they're going to die, and everything that they did is going to be for for what? So here, here's my point. Here, here's my point. I don't think that they think that. I don't think they that don't they think, think. I don't think they think legacy at all. I don't think they. I mean, even when it comes down to it. I mean, you're, you're talking ex-KGB guys, okay, that, I mean, by the way, the, the Cold War between Russia and, and the U.S. goes way far back. Well, for it just sure. Does. It just does. But, so, but so, let, let me put it this way. Okay. Putin, Putin invades Ukraine even more, right? Let's say, right. Let's Look, say he sends a, a big bomb. Maybe not even a nuclear bomb. He sends a big bomb. Sure. Does, does catastrophic damage. Sure. And then he invades and takes over Ukraine. Yes. He dies two years later. Okay. What happens? Uh, that whole thing probably falls apart. So what did he do right. it for? He right. put his own country in a worse position to the point where now they're going to be potentially overrun by some other countries or in a point where there's a nuclear war where the whole world ends up going down. It's because they want that shit to happen, dude. It, they want they want a world war. Well, I think They that, need a world war. Uh, I, th- I think that in the economy, as it exists... War times are best for the economy, and it's a and it's an economy driven world. And since there's no war, Who's, whose economies are hurting the most right now? Uh, I don't know. I have I have no clues. Who? I mean, what 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 is it? China, China, China is hurting. I don't and know. Russia. Mm. Where'd all those chip manufacturing companies go? They came here. Why didn't they go to China? Because communist regime. Yeah, they can't be free. Where were all the chip manufacturing companies before they started China? China. China. Yeah. yeah. They're that's gonna start true. losing a ton of money. Start looking at how much manufacturing is going to Mexico. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I never thought about that. Where did manufacturing thing. go before that? China. Yeah, that's true, man. So that's who's a, gonna get stressed point. out when they start seeing that bank account go down? You know, I, I think that's a that's a good point, but also who's got more man force than anybody? China. China. Yeah, that they've got a they've got more of a workforce than anybody else. So I So think, that's why Ukraine matters so much for Russia. Sure, sure. Because well, that's the only entry point into into Russia without going through the freaking tundra that nobody on the planet except for crazy vodka drinking Russians are going to go into. Right, but they also they also want that there's a there's a there's a there's a port there mm-hmm. that is still in Ukraine that's under Ukrainian control that Russia wants because it's easier to trade through that. Which yes. is fascinating that they couldn't just negotiate that down. You know, Again, because because why? Yeah, that's my. That's, and I think that's what we go if we're going into like the ego of man with this kind of thing yes. and what's happening here. I think what you're seeing is that here's, I'll tell you a true statement that you, you will, you will all know if you've ever been a part of violence. Have you ever experienced violence before? Like real violence against mm. yourself? No, no. Thank God. I hope you never do. I really hope you never have you before no. Alex. Okay. No. JB, you have before what experienced violence. Oh yeah, yeah for and sure. I, and I have too. I have too. in when, some pretty bad ways. And, and, when a violent man comes against you or your family, the only response that you have in order to stop that is violence. You don't have an opportunity for peace. There is no negotiation. You just have to be equally, if not more, violent to put him in his place. I, I, I take that back. There was somebody that chased us down the street with a knife one time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in, in that regard... In order to put a violent man or violent woman even in their place, you have to respond with more violence. Now, here's the issue: it's the cause behind the violence that makes the, the in, mm-hmm. that makes the the cause just, if you would. So, I need to take over this country for the betterment of my people. 
And so I think what we're seeing here now is people going, okay, this, these are my people. These are your people. How do we get together with a, our people type thing? And here's the, here's the problem. Before we had commerce, before we had uh, lines of communication, before we had this kind of stuff, what war does, it disrupts all that. Mm-hmm. War disrupts all kinds, of, all kinds of lines of communication, all kinds of commerce. You don't, you don't trade with the country you're going against war. For. You know, for example, we're not trading continually with Russian oil. Does it make sense? And if we are, we're having to pay exponential amount now for a middleman and, and all this kind of stuff. So with with all these things happening at this point, because we chose to side with the Ukraine, we're saying that our cause is just and that the Ukrainian jo- uh, cause is just and Russia's the bad boy, you know, in the in the in the group. Here's here's the problem. What if we're wrong? Here, I'm not saying about we are what? about Russia being the bad boy. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not saying they aren't, but here's the question. In the midst of this, what if we're wrong? Here's the reason I say that. We'll, we'll never know. I, that, yeah, that's part of it. Here's here's the other thing. So so being an ex KGB agent with being Putin being KGB, one of the things that they're very versed in is psychological warfare. Yes. Now this is the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I'd love to. I, you can go see, go to YouTube and see the clip about this. Putin was, was addressing the World Council. I can't remember where it was, and I don't think our people were there, but I know China was there at the same time. Um, quick pro quick pro tip on this. Yeah. Police chiefs have to go through an FBI training that's very similar okay. in order to be police chiefs oh. because they have to address the public. Right. So they learn through FBI techniques okay. how they can address the public. Okay. And they okay. learn how to read people's facial exp- They learn all of this. And they're the people that are in front of the media. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that at so all. So they, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, we do well, it too. Well, what, one, of the, one of the things I thought was interesting about Putin, I mean, I think, I think Putin's on a different level personally. I oh, really for do. sure. So being ex-KGB, being one of the, the top KGB agents, here's one of the craziest things. He, when he addressed this, he talked about the West. He's talking about our country. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking about our country in ways he goes, listen to what's happening to the West. They're doing away with their religion. They're doing away with genders. They're doing away with traditional family. I mean, he's saying the things that we love. And he's, I'm like, holy crap, what is he talking about? Doesn't he want our destruction? And he's like, he's like I don't want that influencing Russia. I don't want that happening over here. He, he says, at this point, we're doing this. And then he, he kind of backpedals a little bit. And he goes, look, I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, in Russia, what, privacy is privacy and everything like that. But you know, our nuclear family is strong. We want to keep the family. And I'm like, where do we hear? Why don't we hear this anymore in America? Because we're so triggered by everyone's opinion about everything. We can't say anything honestly, even when it comes down to we all know what works. You could say there's 4,000 genders, but there's only two that work, you know? And so, I mean, it, it's really interesting. So he's playing the psychological. Let's just say he, he's playing the psychological game. There, I went to a TikTok that played that, and you should have just read every comment from not my generation, your generation, the 20-somethings. Uh, I think Putin's cool. Whoa, I think Putin's good. Whoa, I think and I, it's just this weird deception. I'm like, what if he's just lying? He's just feeding you what you want to hear. You know, what, what's even what's even greater is like these guys are like, what? Maybe, maybe Putin's. Now, it doesn't mean because he's Russian he's naturally evil or anything else like that, but there always has been a an ego trip with Putin. And we know that much like there's an ego trip with Trump. That's why the two probably when they got in the room, they're like, Hey man, let's have some beers to chill out. You know, we'll but, see in but, both of them, especially Putin, they're smart enough, right? Like if you read the art of war, um, you keep your enemies close. Oh yeah. Right. And you feed their ego. Oh yeah. Because you want them to get that big head. You want them oh. to get overconfident because when they get overconfident, you slide up under them, you cut them nuts off. But here's the weird thing. I think that both, both him and the, in Trump particular, are smart enough to know and respect each other. Which is why they like, did. Yeah, yeah, I think they understand. Like, we don't want... Here's the thing. I don't think Putin wants that. I don't think he really wants nuclear war. I think it's to talk big because he has people talking to him behind the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And and Trump, we know pe- there's people talking to Trump behind the scenes too, you know, that kind of thing. But here, here's, here's the thing. At this point in our juncture, if nuclear war does kick off, let's say in the next six months, okay, if nuclear... How confident are you of the U.S. escaping that? Depends. That's the that that's just the question with the current administration we have in and the current place that we're in. How confident are you that we we come out on top on that in any way, shape, and form? I mean, one, so one, I just want to ask you around the table, around, yeah, the, yeah, around yeah. the table, one to ten, ten super confident, one not confident at all. Where are you at in the number? <sighs> I'm fifty fifty. I'm right at five. Five. What about you? Alex? I was going to say six. Six. I was going to say five. Dude, I'm like a three. I'm at, a, I'm at a three. So the only yeah. reason I gave it a little bit more at a five okay. is because I'm unaware 
of what system defenses we have. Okay. So I don't know how effective those system those systems are. And from my understanding, I think Russia's intercontinental intercontinental ballistic missiles can hit. I'm trying to remember if they said they could hit further into California. They they can hit both co- both coasts for they sure. They can hit both coasts in Florida. Yeah, you in sure? Florida. Yep, from Russia. One hundred percent. Yep. Okay. One hundred percent. So I got a buddy. I got a buddy whose job was um, ICBM uh, defense. You know, oh, if you wow. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, and I know him really well, and we've had a conversation before. But um, to be honest with you, yeah, they could they could they could hit us. Now we can hit everybody. Just so everybody understands that, and we have better technology and everything like that. We what's what's interesting about, about it is is we don't have more manpower. We don't have more manpower, and our manpower that we do have is waning. Like, well, the, it's because it's all going to technological warfare. Well, we, all, we also have the largest army, but that's like our general public. Like, and we don't have access to those. But codes, that, you that, know, that's here's the, here's the other. So, an invasion, like uh, an American invasion, that's never going to happen. That, that no matter what happens, and, and maybe it does. But it would be from the inside. Yeah, hundred percent. It would be people that are already here. It would be people that came over while the border's been open. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. the Mexicans. It'd Mm -hmm. be other people, right? You know, it ain't. They're not the. They're not the ones I'm worried about coming across the border right now. And then there's that. It's a trigger point where all of a sudden, from from the inside, you know, everyone there's like robots switching on. They're like, all right, now we attack, and all of a sudden, in in major metropolitan centers, we have we have we have war. But the problem with that is uh, that I see uh, when a country comes and tries to invade America, naturally, whether whether you're liberal or, or conservative, you're still American, and you're like, you're a rebel. Like, Americans in general are rebellious. Like, that's our nature to be like, we don't want anyone telling us what to do. We want to do our own thing. So whatever side of the aisle you fall on, let's let's just say, let's say, let's say you're gay and trans over here, and you're like, I don't want you telling me what to do. Okay, I got something in common with you. I don't want someone telling me what to do. So if someone attacks the country that you live in, mm-hmm. okay, do you not think that, Regardless of our de- devices, all of a sudden we're like, "Hey, we need to come together and, and, and beat these guys back." See, I think that would be the misnomer for somebody if they came across our border and tried to invade us. Is that first we have eleven firearms for every one person? Okay, that's how many we have. Okay, and don't think that we aren't sharing that at that point. You know, I would share my arsenal with anybody. You know, if all of a sudden we have people coming and attacking my neighborhood, I'm calling each of my neighbors. I'm showing them how to fire the firearms. They fire that way. Shoot that way. This is how you reload. Shoot that way at the bad guys. Those are the bad guys that are coming in. What the, what the kids say in uh, The Patriot with Mel Gibson? Aim small, miss small. Oh, yeah. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great movie, dude. Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. Have you seen it? Oh, What's, of course. Oh, my. Quincy. That's a, that's a, it's my daughter. That's it's a mover, daughter. dude. That's a mover. Yeah. That's a good movie. That's a very good movie, man. Both his sons die in that movie. Sorry. Well, he has oh, more. you've seen it. You've, you've not seen it. Okay. Yeah. He has Alex more. He has more than. He has more than two sons. Yeah. Yeah. But he. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's. It's a. It's a tremendous, strong. In in that movie, that he makes a statement of. I mean, it's even time. It's even timely for this com- conversation. He says, "Why would I trade one tyrant, you know, seventy thousand miles away for seventy thousand tyrants one mile away?" Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and, and you see, like, here, here's the thing: men with conscience, men with conscience, and women with conscience, they don't want war. We do, I don't want because well, we see the re, we see the yes. rationality of what happens from that. Right. We we don't want war, and I think that's the point. Where we're, we're getting to the point where people are going like we're trickling down to it. Yeah. We're trickling down into war continually because no one's saying like, you know, it's it, we shouldn't do this. Now we're at the point where we're like maybe it's inevitable, and we're, now we're trying to figure out who comes out on top. Even before the like. With the with the calculations with AI and everything else like that, <laughs> it's like it's like when like the NBA or the NFL runs like the Madden simulations like a hundred times to right. see who comes out on top on average in the right. score, and then that's how they determine who they think is going to win. Right, right. Well, then it's all rigged. You know, Patrick Mahomes gets you know <laughs> the, uh, the the refs a call for him. Dude, he just got a perk of Jesus at halftime, bro. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Um, little but, per, little Percocet in the shot, dude. And he was back out there slinging. I know, I know. But that that's a uh, that. But so it, here's here's the Here's the crazy thing. In your lifetime, you never had to worry about this until this point. No. Correct? Mm-hmm. Never had uh, to worry. I don't know. I was trying to think if there was anything in the early 90s. There was Other, there other was, than there Desert was Storm. 80s. There was in the 80s. I remember being a kid in the 80s and hearing about, like, the, the nuclear war um, sirens and getting underneath their desk. We had, to, we had to practice that in Ohio. In Ohio. Was that still Cold War time, though? Yep, it yeah. was. Oh, the, yeah. The Cold War ended yeah. in, in 1990. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
And then in 88 was, was it 87 or 88 was the wall when the wall fell down, the Berlin Wall? Oh, which that was a huge uh, thing. 88, I believe. 88. Oh, yeah. Uh, while you're reading that book, by the way, uh, oh, yeah. you'll find that he predicted that that Berlin Wall was going to fall down on that date, mm-hmm. by the way. Okay. It's okay. Justin's book of secrets. It's the yeah. best book in the entire world, which I listened to all the way to Two Guns, Arizona. It was incredible. Um, but here, here's, here, here's the thing. So with all of that said, what I hear all the time, and this is really interesting. Now, do you want to have a kid and raise them in the society? It's hard, man. I've had that thought. That that's a good question. What so you guys are young childbearing. My 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 childbearing days are over, although I've not bore any children myself. I said the fun part. So tell me about tell me about so when you think about bringing a kid in this world, you know, on the cusp of possibly nuclear warfare and everything else like that. What are your thoughts about that? So uh, Quintel, you're, you're, you're the only one that actually bear a kid <laughs> here at this table. So when you think about having a kid, getting married, and having a family and stuff like that, what are your thoughts on that in this day and age? With that being uh, a possibility, I would still do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to have something to show for my life. Mm. I do. No matter how hard it gets, my mom. My mom's a single parent, and my dad did help mm. a lot. But um, being a single parent, taking care of your child and your mother, and you're making next to no money. Um, you you got you have to have something to show for it. Yeah, I I, abs- I absolutely. I absolutely think about that. You know, I absolutely think about that. So, you know, and it, it, it's interesting how you say that, like, and your children, I mean, your children are a legacy to who you are. Mm-hmm. They just are. My, my three children, um, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, th- they are my legacy. They, they definitely are. Savannah bears, you know, my name and, and my, my, my grandchildren, Camden as well, and then Madeline as well. Well, you know, and they are, they are part of who I am. So... So you're so you're there, and so let me let me ask you then, Alex. So as you're thinking about people your age bringing children into this world, what do you think a lot of your generation thinks about that? Uh, I've heard quite a few people say that they didn't want to bring a child into this world just because of the condition it's in. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that that's kind of our responsibility. Like we're, if we raise them correctly, then they're going to better this world. So oh. I, think it's, I think it's really important that we do that. Okay. Okay. That's great. So if you so if you can influence your children, your children can influence the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But how do you know you're going to do it right? Well, you know, parenting parenting's the only job in the world that doesn't come with an instruction manual. I don't I don't have really have an answer for that. I, I could kind of answer that for him because we come from the same family, right? Yeah. Like we yeah. we have a really good foundation from our family. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that um but it's a scary thought. Yeah, when 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 it, when a baby's born, they don't come out with a manual and uh it, it's a weird thing to have a a kid in your car as you're driving home and your your driving becomes so much better and everyone else's <laughs> becomes really, really bad, you know. Um I I will say though that um it, biblically raising my kids and doing the best I could in that regard has been very, very, very helpful. And then having family around me and friends mm-hmm. around me, because yeah. I really I'm just gonna tell you right now, it is it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. It's not just one person and it's help from other people and it's babysitters and it's aunts and it's uncles and it's, it's friends and it's family. It's it, it, it. You want them to influence your kid. Even, even the bad ones, you want them to see the bad ones for the sake of being able to point out. That's not the way that we do it here. And this is why we don't do it this way because you know, right. my, my uncle's addicted to, you know, to, to heroin he died of a heroin overdose, and so I remember my parents telling me, "This is why we don't do drugs." Yeah, but you know? again, yeah. like if you raise your kids right, then your kids will have an influence on those kids. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so JB, what about you? When you think about it, having a kid in this culture, what do you think? Um, it's it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a lot of things that come to mind because one, you have to know like what battles are you willing to fight. Right. Right. That's what something you have to think of right away. Mm-hmm. When you have a kid, what battles are you willing to fight? Are you willing to stand up to your school system that does something that you're not happy about mm-hmm. so that your kid can get a better education? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to maybe forgo your job that you have now so you can get a job that w- from work from home so that your kid can be homeschooled and do online schooling at home? You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot that goes into this. And then on top of that, Becoming a contributing member of society is kind of a fluctuating thing. 
right? It's a sliding scale a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, being a productive member of society 10 years ago is way different than being a productive member of society 20 years ago. So my big thing is like, how do you define what a productive member of society is, right? You got to kind of, you got to kind of play that by ear and kind of, you have to stay on your toes as a parent, right? Because you have to change even who you are as a productive member of society sometimes. So, so do you want to know how I define it for my kids? I know how you're going to define it. No, no, no. How I define it. I, I told my kids what I expect. Okay. Yeah. This is very, I have, this I have is a good idea. Important. I'm going to see if I write. I got this from uh, Tony Evans, that pastor I sent to you mm-hmm. on TikTok. Tony Evans said this. Uh, first off, the it's it's kingdom over everything. Yep. It's it's I, I serve a king, not a president. So Jesus is the king. So I serve them. Then I serve my neighborhood. Then I serve my community. Then I serve my city. Then I serve my state. Then I serve my country. That's exactly how I want to be productive in my life. So go ahead and tell me how you think other people would, would define that becoming a uh, productive member of society. You know, I think um, I, I kind of knew that's what you were going to say as far, as far as it be not specific who the person was and everything that said that. But I kind of figured you were going to filter it through mm-hmm. um, through faith based. Right. And that's something that's kind of started to be harder to to get people to to live by. Right. Right. So, you know, being a productive member of society from my grandfather was, you know, my, my one of my grandfathers was he was put on this planet to work. That's all he believed. Mm-hmm. So to him, being a productive member of society is uh, providing a service to the people of your community. And mm-hmm. his service was driving a tow truck, repairing cars, mm-hmm. which he did for 50 years. That was his service. And that's the only thing that he thought he was there to do. I think one of the biggest things that you guys you guys should kind of weigh on the 20-somethings in the room is I think what drives you mm. and what motivates you influences you to Changes. be – to be a productive member and it changes. Yeah. So what, so what, what do you think drives most 20 somethings to be a productive member of society today? I'll I'll start with the lady and then end with the gentleman. So Quinta, what do you think? What do you think drives them? Or or do you think they're thinking that even? I don't think people are thinking that really that's been your experience. Yeah. It's just how much money can I get? (laughs) Really? Really? Okay. Just how much money I can get. And that's it. Why do you think that? I mean, because they have so much college debt now, they have to pay it off. Or like, I mean, what's the what when it comes to twenty somethings saying like, do you I'm think, just out here to get that bag, bro. That, Secure that's the all, bag. That's all they care about. They don't care about being productive. But I don't know because it seems like stats would say they care a lot about like environmental issues. They care about other things like that. But when it comes to it, you're saying bottom line is they just care about getting the bag. You have to take action when you believe in those types of things, though, and we don't do that. That's exactly. I was literally thinking the same thing sitting here. We we don't. You have to take action. Real men and women take action. You don't just sit there and talk about taking action. You take action. They care about this world on paper. Exactly. They don't care about it in practicality. No. Ooh. Now, Alex, would you take any kind of you know, reservation with that? Or would you want to expand on that? Or do you see the same thing? I, I think she hit it, um, hit it on the nail pretty well. But I think you, you're asking a loaded question, too. Like, it depends on the culture. Of course, it's a podcast. Uh, I'm supposed yeah. to ask loaded questions. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, there's yeah. just so many different ways to answer it. Okay. Um, so a What's lot the of, right way? What's the right way? I, I'm not saying there's a right way, but I got a lot of different comments about it. <laughs> um, so a lot of... Uh, people our age are actually more concerned with how they're spending their time rather than um, wanting to work constantly. Yeah, it's about so the experiences, it's about, right? It's about experiences, about efficiency. Uh, they, oh. They'd rather have more time off than they would work their tails off to earn a lot more money. Um, I think that's that's a huge part of it right now. I want, I want to stop there for a second. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Let, hold on, though. Let me let me unpack it a second before you... I know where you're going I with see, it. Because I see your jiggle. I already know where you're going with it. I already know where you're going with it. Go in, a, in a way... Are they kind of getting the picture better let, than the boomers did? Let me add, let me just tell you where this all comes from. Let me tell let the let the voice of wisdom ring out true in in the podcast today. Let me tell you this, where this comes this is from. Called poking the bear. This you know, you're poked it. Trust me, you 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 didn't poke <laughs> it. You stabbed it with a spear. But I mean, you're, we spend all of our life. I, I did math. Okay, you did more you than two thirds <laughs> of your life is spent sleeping or working. Pu- public school math. I get it. Um, I would agree. And pooping. And, and pooping. You know if you're me, a man. I'll be pooping. That's off the office that Quentin doesn't like. Steve <laughs> Carell. Sorry. I don't like that um, either. 
so I'm just glad that you you like the office, right, yeah, Alex? Yeah, Alex and yeah. I are we're office lovers. Dunder Mifflin all the way. So here here's here's the thing about this: when you look at any economy outside of capitalistic economies, okay, you don't see as much work or work ethic like you do in Europe, okay. When you look at Europe, you have lots of different. They, they work very. Europeans work very differently than Americans do. Europeans will they'll they'll focus on time off. They'll focus on family. They'll focus on things like that. Especially when they, you get into like yes, when you enter Mediterranean, Greece, yeah, Mediterranean, yeah, Greece, yeah, yeah. Italy, uh, France, Rome, Rome, yeah, Rome. Italy. Uh, I'll even say, I won't say I won't say Britain or I will say a little bit of Irish and Scottish. I've yeah. seen a little bit. But, you know, Mediterranean, if you would, they're, they're doing that. And I definitely won't say this, this applies to Japan or anything like that, too. But uh, it, it does apply where you, they, you see them wanting to have more experiential time doing other things that seem to matter more than just making money. Yeah. Where, for, they, for example, yeah. when my when I went to visit in Greece, mm-hmm. my aunt um, Vagilitsa owned, a, owned a, um, a like traveling agency where mm-hmm. she would help people that come to the island, get their stuff booked, get to the next islands, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And her husband owned a vineyard and a, um, which is my uncle Nick, he owned a vineyard and a rabbit farm. They both, the whole time we were in Greece, which was like, I think we were on that island for like almost three weeks, mm-hmm. did not work. They closed their shops. Right, right. And I said, Vagulita, why'd you close your shop? Because mm-hmm. you're here. You don't need to make money? For what? We live on the island. So <laughs> in, in, a, in a sociological experiment called communism or socialism or um, mixture of the two, mm-hmm. uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to work to provide tremendous amounts of money for your family. Okay, you just don't. You will have to work, okay, because of the government. But in, in that society, it's, it's very uh, different if you would. And there are structures like that that exist that are somewhat successful, not successful enough as the American experiment, if you would. So as capitalism. So in a capitalistic society, if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't work, you don't get a bigger house. You don't have, you can't have kids. You can't do, it's just a matter of things. And Americans are, are raised. We were raised from the time we were kids to work and to provide. And that, especially as a man, it's provide and protect and everything else like that. So do I see the value in, in what you're saying, like taking time off and everything else like that and what, having a more balanced work life? Yeah, yeah. I, I asked the question for a reason. I absolutely agree with that. But if you also look at the other countries and the infrastructure and everything else that we have with the business it's economies, way it's different. way different and it's not nearly to the degree to which we have here in America because we're capitalistic and we're you know, great at it. And, and it. and this is why everybody comes to us. This is why yeah. everyone's coming here because you come here, you can have the American dream. You work hard, opportunity presents itself, and it's not always – here's the thing. Here's what I'm about. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. If it triggers you, might as well turn off the podcast. I'm all about equal opportunity. I'm not about equal outcome because you can't you can't you can't guarantee outcomes of every opportunity. We all know that. Okay, so if somebody if two people come here from two different countries or the same country, people coming from the same country. So somebody comes here from Italy, okay, or Africa, anywhere else like that. They come here, they have the same opportunity. They can get the same opportunity. Those outcomes may be different. Some guy might make it, some guy may not. Some lady may make it, some lady may not. Okay, though you can't guarantee the outcomes. And what happens in those countries and the reason they can do that is because they're they're trying to guarantee the outcome of the opportunity and you can't guarantee outcome. You just can't, you can't say like, for example, if I'm working really hard and you're working really hard, the job, we're both working really hard and we have one dude on our team. that's not working really hard. We should get paid more. We both know that. And if we don't, what we're going to do, we're going to go somewhere else in other countries. You can't, Yeah, you that's can't, true. That's it's governmental, true. it's governmental paid and you have to be there. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's one of the socialistic communistic values is that we work together as a team, we win as a team, we die as a team. I don't do that. I'm an American. I will live and die on my own laurels, not your freaking laurels. I'll outwork you. I'll bust my ass. I'll do everything else. That's the American dream. And what happens is that produce, this is where Christianity comes in. That's what produces human flourishing at its best. Then people who make a lot of money can be what? Generous. Okay, to people who can't make a lot of money and give them opportunity. That's the beauty of what happens. So other than guaranteeing like equal outcomes and then somebody, some fat cat up here just does it. Now, is there a conspiracy that this whole thing's run by fat cats? Sure. Is it probably? Probably in some way. But here's the thing. If you, it, 
if you just take time for just family and just and that's all you do, then you don't then you're not able to pass on to your um your your children, your children's children, everybody else like that generation's work ethic. You can't pass on other things that are important to them. Okay? And that's why you have other countries in the situation that they're in. And if we become here, here's where here's here's where we're getting this question. Because it's a globalist question, guys. It's a freaking globalist question. Why can't we all just get along? Why don't we all just take siestas whenever we want? Why don't we just do it? Can't. You can't. The one who works harder gets more money. That's just how it goes. Well, you know, it used to be that way. Well, it still is that way in most regards. Now, is you telling me that TikToker with big titties is working as hard as no, you? No, no, exactly. No. That's no, what no, I'm no. saying. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole. <laughs> Thank well, you. Here's the hard part behind it. That OnlyFans there is, is working for itself, there bro. Is, Thank there you. Is, there is. There is beauty and there is intelligence in everything. Meaning, like, if somebody's going to exploit their own beauty, they're going to make money from it. And we have an opportunity to do that in our day and age. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying they're going to make money from it, right? If somebody wants to exploit their intelligence in the same way, yeah. like being a hacker, you can still do that and you can make money from it, okay? Instead of going, how can I uh, – no, I could go down a whole other road on that. But my, my whole point is, like, beauty and intelligence, they're always going to be able to exploit. And you can exploit them back in the day, yeah. too. But in this day and age, it's this, the, the time old adage still, it's still there. You will hire, it, it's, you know the story about Socrates and, uh, not, uh, uh, no, Michelangelo. Have you heard the story about Michelangelo? Oh, and Bertolo? And Bertolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these guys, have you heard that song? I have, have you heard it? yes. I'm going to tell it to you one more time. This is one of the best things. You can use it for your kids. You're going to love it. So you know Michelangelo, not the Ninja Turtle, but like the artist, right? <laughs> Where God and, God and Adam do the E.T. thing, Sistine Chapel, that type thing, right? So Michelangelo was a, a, a brilliant artist. He was. He was one of his, one of the weaknesses of him, he was a bad sculptor, and he did David, okay? So keep in mind the whole statue of David and everything like that. I believe that was Michelangelo. So in order to get him... Uh, his he had a teacher named Bertoldo. In order to get him humble, because he was so good at everything he ever did, uh, Bertoldo bring Bertoldo brings a uh, a block of marble to him, and he says, "I want you to uh, craft a self portrait out of this." Michelangelo says, "Sure, no problem whatsoever." And he says, "He says I'm back in two weeks, and after two weeks, I'd like to see it." Okay, so for two weeks, Michelangelo works on it. When he gets done, it's perfect. It's amazing. It's the best thing that he's ever done. And then he veils it. And Bertoldo comes back after two weeks and says, may I see the, the sculpture? And Michelangelo proudly pulls off the cloth and looks at it, and everyone's in awe of how beautiful it is. And Bertoldo takes this sledgehammer and crushes it to pieces, and he says this statement that nobody listening to this podcast should ever forget. Talent is cheap, and dedication is costly. Do it again. I'll take a dedicated person over anybody who's talented because you can work with dedication and craft it into a mega talent. Talent without any kind of dedication is cheap and you'll only last a season. And I've seen guys in business, I've seen guys in any kind of role ever, I've seen ladies, I've seen anybody who are talented and just rest in their talents and not work hard at something and be dedicated, fall off, fall off, fall off, fall off. That's why you have so many one-hit wonders in the NFL and major leagues and everything like that. You have so many stories. That's what, that's what makes these stories hysterical is that these guys come out of college with these incredible opportunities. These women have these incredible athletes, but they're not dedicated. They just rested on their talent. They're just talented. But if you're dedicated at your craft, you're going to make it better and better and reinvent yourself, and you're, and you're gifting every year. You, you understand like how important and like who the person telling you this is, right? This is a 20-year-old, this is a 20-year pastor that had to reinvent himself in, the, in a cigar niche. I'm dedicated. That's why I'm fucking successful. I am. I'm dedicated. So th this is important. So everybody's bitching and moaning about this shit. I'm so tired of it. Like, oh, that guy's just more talented. No, you can't outwork dedication. You just can't. I was dedicated. I was resourceful. I did everything I could to find out everything I needed to about the cigar industry. Everything. And I was like, this is where God has me. This is where I'm going to be. Sorry for the guys. I'm real passionate about this. Okay. And then, and then, Getting into it, I'm like, I can do this. I can work harder at it. And we have something bigger coming down the line for Zeal Cigars than we've ever done in our whole entire website history now. Because I was working on it for the last three months going, if I can do this, then I can do that. And I can do this. And I can do this. I can offer something that nobody else can offer now. That's just dedication is all it is. And it's, it's not dedication like I'm trying to win over somebody. 
I just have a motivation to continue to be dedicated. And I swear, people who are dedicated, okay, to their craft, they will always outlast and outbetter anybody who's more talented. And tell you what, man, there are people out there 10 times more talented than me. 10 times more talented than me. I'm just dedicated to where I am. That's all I am. And if you're dedicated, and if you're dedicated, I know you're dedicated, okay? So I'm, I just don't know you as well as Justin. But I, I know that when you're dedicated, you work so hard at your craft to make it better, to make it. The first time that you ever did anything on video with me, you hated it. You were like, I don't know if I'm going to work this. Now you're just a natural at it. Why? That's dedication. You continue to do it and do it and do it, and you're pushed by me and other people around you to do better and better and better. And much like like you and everybody here, we're all pushed to keep going better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Comments now. Go ahead and sit. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. I was on my soapbox <laughs> for a second. Let's preach it behind the pulpit, and I'm done. Well, one of the things you said, literally, like you, you almost laid out that picture that goes around, right, of the cycle, right, the cycle that goes around. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times, hard times, right? Which creates strong men. Right? So yeah. so when we look at like the boomers, right? Mm-hmm. And we look at that work ethic and the, the mindset of, you know, they had to come back from wars and, and, and help, help reestablish the country that was being held together by all the women that were working during the war, right? 100%. 100%. So they had to come Ruby back Riveters. and yep, kind of yeah. figure that back out again, right? So mm-hmm. everything had to be reintroduced into society. These men had to find jobs again. They had to rework these factories. They had to change the factories from building tanks to building whatever they were building again, right? So that hard work ethic filters out into what my generation had a very easy time, right? I can A lot of my generation are living off of the sweat of their grandparents and their parents, so, let me let me let me include the lady. Where she, where she, let me, yeah, let me include the lady in this one. This is this is good. Ready? Do you understand why the industrial revolution was so mega big and why the boomers got so big after they came back? Because we had women go into the workforce in a way that redid the workforce in a very good way when men came back. Because just so you know, women are better at uh, details than men are typically. They just are. This is this is this is why women can detail things. This is why women can hold a baby, have a conversation, <laughs> talk on the phone, and watch a show all at the same time. Guys can't like type and talk. We can't type. We can't text and talk. If I'm up here like this and JB's, if I'm on my phone. JB's saying something. I'm looking at something. I'm dialing into this. Or I'm dialing into JB. Yeah, but can you drive a manual car? Kind of. Then you can do more than one thing at one time. Yeah, maybe two. But women can do like ten. Yeah, right. So, Put so, my <laughs> wife in my manual car and see if she can drive and watch traffic that, at the same a, time. There's a, there's a I difference know what you mean, that. though. I'm just but, giving. But here's the crazy thing about that. Here's the crazy thing. So they they created new processes that women did when they when they were when the men were at war. And so when the men came back, they actually had easier time coming back into it because of the processes women made. So here's the here's the crazy, thing. and that's what I call. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, complementarianism. That's what that is. It's not that one is, is above the other. It's complementary. When, when women can, when women can learn from men and men can learn from women and they can still appreciate each other's gender the same way. Okay. How God intended it. That's complementarianism. And so it's, it's amazing that that happened and it made for this boom in America. When So just so you know, between 40, 1940, was it 45 when the war ended, right? Uh, 40. Yeah, 45. Yeah, yeah 45. 45. That's yeah, when Mike Hitler was killed. 45, 45 to like mid-80s was the biggest economic boom we've ever had in American history. Okay, outside like tech booms and everything. And just to reiterate, mm-hmm. Korea, Vietnam, yeah. Desert Storm, the uh, Bay of Pigs, like the Cold War, the mm-hmm. Panama Canal, mm-hmm. all that stuff happened in the 80s Yeah, and, and, and 90s. But that wasn't nearly like a... It wasn't a drain on our economy. We weren't sending guys. Well, no, but I mean, where, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Korea and Vietnam were a little bit. Yeah, there was a draft and everything, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't to the degree like we're talking World War. Correct. Yeah, not, not the World War draft. But what, what's fa- I say that just because, as as much as I am pro pro mom and pro woman at home, I am still pro woman at work in the same way. Meaning, like it's important to recognize that women have something to offer. Men and so and so much as the detail, the craftiness of of the conversation with women, I think is incredible at the workplace. When you work with a woman, it just makes you like nicer. It just does. It's incredible, it really. Is. I've worked with women all my life, and it just makes you nicer. When you're with guys, because you're more rough with guys, you know. When 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 a lady's in the room, I apologize for my foul language earlier. <laughs> you know, there's it's just it, it just it's just something about it. So I was just thinking about that off the top. So when you think about that, 
you know, as 20 somethings, when you think about that, when you think about the, the future and everything else like that, and the things that we've been talking about, what do you think about? Like what comes into your head? What were the first conversation points when we were talking about the dedication and talent? Do you see your generation as more resting on their laurels and not dedicated? Or do you see them more like, man, they're dedicated and there's no laurels to restaurant. What do you think? Uh, I can see both. I really can. Um, what do you see more of? I can see more of uh, them depending on the past generations and what they've done. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, 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 I think that. But it, also, I come from a different workforce. I come mm-hmm. from an education background. So yeah. people that go into education mm-hmm. are driven just because they're they're servants. They're helpful. Our, they are. So Our whole family's that. public servants. Yeah. yeah. Our yeah. whole family is public servants. Yeah. yeah. Except for your brother. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His brother's a uh, third generation at General Motors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And that is dedication right there. It is. Yeah. yeah. Third generation. Mm-hmm. General Motors. Yeah. So uh, my That's aunt, um, which is our our aunt, so right. um, not his mm-hmm. mom, but um, my my dad's other sister and mm-hmm. his mom's sister. Um, she got to uh, GM was doing this thing like bring your family members to work because we need people, and my aunt Helen was like, sure, I'll go work. She started working on the line, putting trucks together. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And I think now she's the head of the finance department yeah. at when the Duramax she, when plant. When did she work on the line? What years? Um, 80s. Sure 80s and 90s. It would have been the 90s. Yeah, probably 90s. 90s, maybe yeah. 2000s. It would have been the 90s. 90s maybe 2000s. Not, no, 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 not 2000s. 2000s, she had already been different job, but oh, it, definitely through the 90s. Was it 99? Was it a 99 Denali line or anything like that? I'm just wondering. Uh, <laughs> she, she was working on the Allison transmissions and the Duramaxes mostly. I had one of those transmissions in my Denali. Yeah. So, you know. so that was so. that could have been by my so I just so you know, I worked for GM as well. So I was a I was I was a GM uh, service manager at one point, and GMs made before two thousand nine in particular. Not two thousand seven, incredible. After two thousand seven, not incredible, <laughs> not incredible. My car has a hundred has one hundred eighty thousand miles on it right yeah. now. Just and then just ain't, just ain't waking up yet. I think. Grandpa was head of quality control, right? Yeah. He went to all yeah. the plants that made parts for them, and uh, Grandpa's Grandpa was an OG for real. Let, let me guess this though: Grandpa didn't work after two thousand seven. No, see, no, nah, he was retired. I'm telling by you, then. dude, he was. <laughs> I'm um, telling you, he was full bone deacon at the church and stuff I'm by two thousand seven. I'm telling you, it, there's a um, major, major shift in GM Motors, Chevrolet, all that. But stuff. you know what's crazy? Two thousand seven just went. Really you know what's crazy when you say that though? Yeah, because. Grandpa would tell me stories about um, he was he was hardcore. He would go into a factory and ask a random person on the line how they do their job and how the whole line does their job and mm-hmm. how the prop finished product ends. And if they couldn't tell him, he's like, "I'll be back in a week. If you can't tell me, I'm going to change this contract." Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, dude. but that, that's yes. that's what that's what American made meant back then. But now, I mean, it, it's just not the same, dude. It, I've not. I don't think. I mean, at a Ford. Chevy, Dodge, and Chrysler are just out. It's owned by Fiat now. So out of out of that, I mean, you got you got the Korean companies that are actually making some decent cars now. You have the uh, Japanese car companies have just been crushing it from day one. You know, to be honest. So yeah, and not, the German cars and the but the German cars are good in Germany. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have them shipped over. Yeah, you do. So like, if you haven't built or built here in Mexico, you don't have the the standards at the same same way. So, but it's it's really interesting that I the reason I buy Japanese cars. And Japanese bikes are just because I I don't trust our, our American economy. Speaking of Japanese bikes, yeah. if Jared does listen to this, if you ever say Bradley rides a Harley again, we're that was have so problems. amazing. My pastor, <laughs> for you guys who are listening, my pastor, he was very generous. It was a really nice, sweet compliment. He was talking about how we how we we're, we're just a, a beacon of hope, you know, for the gospel, or whatever out, out in out in the workforce. And he says, you might see Bradley rides up in a Harley, and JB just gets absolutely sideways. And he's like, you do not ride a Harley. You're right. I don't ride a Harley. I don't. I ride a M109R Suzuki. I'm very proud of it because mine won't break down, although it does break down more than JB's. But it's also like 12 years older than JB's. So uh, it's a, mine's a 2008. Yours is 2022, right? Yeah. Do the math. I don't even know how old that is. So it's like 12, 10? Uh, four years. Four years? No, four, <laughs> year, four years, something like that I'm talking about. Uh, well, let's let, – Quentin, you have the final word on this one. Quick math. When you, when you think about your – 14 years, I believe. Think, okay. 14, <laughs> yeah. We're all sitting yeah, here. It's Public 14. school at its best. Well, I carry the one minus the three. Okay. Sorry. So – you have the final word on this one. When it comes to your generation mm-hmm. and it comes to the work ethic and it comes to everything, you think about dedication or talent, do you believe that your generation is a dedicated one, 
just a talented one resting on the laurels or like Alex said, depending on the generation before they're standing on the backs of them and not really doing anything with it. What are your thoughts? I agree with Alex, but okay. I will say I see a lot more people that depend on their talent more than anything and they're not dedicated. Mm. What ways do you see that? Uh, I really see it in sports. Oh, okay. I can speak to that too. Mm -hmm. um, this, mm. this belief that everybody starts off the same is something that's really frustrating. We don't start off the same. Some people are born with a silver spoon. Some mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. uh, are born $500 million in the hole. It's not it's this, this equal thing. That's not a thing. Great. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so... We want to hear what you guys think about this. We want you guys to email us at cutlightspoke, all one word, cutlightspokepodcast at gmail.com. All right, you can weigh in down there. Cutlightspokepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails, your questions, or comments about the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining the Cut Light and Smoke Podcast. And like always, I'm Bradley, and this is JB, and we are out of here like last year. Peace. Peace.